Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. And I want to tell you from my heart that all these years, the reason we have this church, the reason I come here every Sunday and have these services and care group, is not because somebody needs a salary. Not because I need the salary from this church or because if we don't have the church, somebody will be hungry. No. The main reason that we have this church is because we want to see more people saved. And we want to see all of you become strong disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my daily prayer for all of you. Actually, it was when I was walking into the church, I feel the presence of God. The anointing was poured from heaven upon me. I feel it. That God just poured the anointing upon my body when I just step into the church. Sometimes when you're at home, you just knock the loud. But when you step into this office and to do the work of God, then the cloth of anointing came upon you to get the job done. And that's how God works. I don't have that anointing all the time in my house. But when I step in here, God put the anointing. And I was speaking to the Lord, God, may your anointing really bless these people, that they will be victorious, they will be strong, they will be for faith, they will be uh, overcomers, more than conquerors, their kids will do well, husband and wife will love each other, every family in this church will give glory to God, everybody will be such a blessing to their relative, to their friends, and all of us here will be used of God and strong and mighty and healthy and no sickness and disease can touch anybody in this house. No matter what the economy looks like out there, but God's people will never lack food on the table and we can pay all the bills, amen, and have more than enough left over to do the great things. And I believe that is the heart of the Father. That's the heart of the Father in heaven to all of His kids in his family. And I try to embrace the heart of God. Amen? Definitely. God wants to bless us, but we need to do our part. And I just want to start the new year by reminding all of you one of the very great principles of how to receive the great blessing and the grace and the favor of God. And this is something that I taught a couple of years ago, but is really against the culture in America. You don't see this problem much in Asia. But because we were bombarded and trained by the TV program in the movie, that we lack one thing in this society, that is the honor of God. If we want to be blessed by God, we need to learn how to respect and honor the things of God. When you honor God's things, he looked down from heaven. He see you that you honor whatever is related to him. The word of God, the servant of God, the anointing, the presence of the Holy Spirit, or the church, the property of God here. If you respect and honor the things of God, you will see that God will give such a special favor and blessing upon your life. We need to remind ourselves all the time. 
that we need to honor the servant of God. I'm not talking like this because I'm a pastor, because sometimes I am in the hat of a member as well. When somebody else come up and preach, I need to put the hat of being the receiver, and sometimes I have the hat of giving as a minister. We need to honor God's word. We need to honor the servant of God, the anointing, and the office in his life. In fact, it's not about the man or the woman, but it's about the office, the anointing upon the man. Therefore, I don't encourage you to call Pastor Tyson. Hey, Tyson, come here. I want to talk to you. When he is in the church, if you go out for vacation with him and have fun with his kids, you can say, "How are you?" Tyson, but when you step into office with put on the hat of the pastor, you should call him Pastor Tyson. You should call Jonathan Pastor Jonathan. You need to honor the anointing and the office of people in their life. Also, a lot of time in America, we think that the pastor has a job of visitation and counseling and doing all the work in the church. Actually, if you read the Bible carefully. The Bible never say that the pastor has a job of visitation and counseling. Look at what the Bible say in Acts chapter six, verse two. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciple and said, "It is not desirable that we should leave the word and serve the table." Actually, the job of the pastor is to prepare the food for God's people and to pray. In fact, I just talked to Pastor Da yesterday that. To prepare each sermon on Sunday is a heavy job. It's a heavy job. I went to bed 1 a.m. last night just to read and prepare the sermon, and I have to prepare the sermon for the camp. The theme of the camp this year is fruitfulness, and I need to prepare all the sermon about fruitfulness before August of year 2011, and that's a heavy job. I think it's a full-time job. <laughs> so we need to honor and give room for the pastor to have time to prepare the word and to also pray. If we show respect to God, we don't see God. Is that correct? God is a spirit. If we really respect God, we respect the things of God. We respect His word. That's why we are listening to the word on Sunday. We don't pull up our phone and play a game. We don't play game while we are listening to the word of God. We will listen to the word of God very carefully, without distraction, because we honor the word of God. When we do anything in the ministry, we honor everything about the ministry. This is so important. How many parents in this room want to give a lot to the children who come and knock your head and say bad things to you and never respect you? You don't want to buy a new car for the kids who do that to you, but if your kids come to you, hi mom, you're so beautiful today. Let me help you clean the house. Oh, mom, you are such a wonderful mom. He will iron the clothes for the mom. That child come to the mom one day and say, I really need something new. The mom say, Okay, la. You're so good to me. You honor me all these years. Let me give it to you. Amen. You can see that it's so important to honor God, honor His Bible, honor His people, honor His anointing, honor the office of people. And if we do that, 
God will have a special eyes on you and say, "I'll bless you, because you honor me, I honor you back." James chapter five verse fourteen: Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. What does it mean here? It means that you invite the elder to come and pray. It means that you honor the anointing. It means that you believe and have faith in the power of prayer. The scripture tried to say that we honor the things of God by inviting the man of God to come. Amen. You will not get anything from God if you despise, if you treat the things of God as common, as nothing. But if you honor the things of God, the anointing will flow. Miracles shall happen in your life. This is very important. Actually, we use the word glory all the time. Glory means heavy. The word glory means precious. The word glory means honorable or weighty, very heavy weight. We need to treat the things of God like something very honorable, precious, heavy, and important. And if we can do that, this thing can happen to you. Number one, you begin to receive supernatural revelation, knowing and seeing the things that you no one else can see. And when you receive that revelation from God, it will protect you from making so many many mistakes. Amen. How many people want to see and hear the things that other people don't see and hear, either in your own life or in your business or in your daily life? Maybe you are driving on the road, and then God spoke to you. You can see that oh, the police officer is out there in front of you, in a mile. So you can slow down and avoid the ticket because you forget and put the gas pedal too strong. This thing happened, and it happened in my medical practice all the time because I honor the things of God. God show me things that other people don't see all the time. That's why my practice is so successful. Because God gave me the revelation, the seeing, and knowing. Not only that, if you really honor the things of God, He will give you special, undeniable, real, heavy presence of God. You will feel the presence of God in your life, and everywhere you go, when the presence of God is with you, you will be successful. You will touch everything, and that thing. Will prosper because of the presence of God. Amen. Not only really that, your children will be blessed because when you honor God, God will honor your home, and your children will be blessed. Why so many Christians in society here face so many calamities and problems, and their kids get sick, they have problem and cancer and all this stuff? Why they believe in the same name, Jesus Christ? I believe one of the reason because those Christians don't honor the things of God enough. Therefore, they lack protection from the Lord. If we learn how to respect Him, we learn how to honor Him. We will see the special protection. We will have the special presence of God. The Holy Spirit show up when we honor Him. The Holy Spirit show up when He is reverence. When we glorify Him, when we honor Him. But when we despise him, he disappear. 
He did not want to show up. He just stay away from the place or from the group of people who don't care about him. Our church gonna honor and reverence the things of God, so that God would show up. Amen. And we need to understand about changing hats. For example, when you go to care group and the care group leader start to lead, even though he is your friend and play tennis with you, once he start to lead the care group, he wear the hat of the leadership. You need to honor that office at that moment. Don't talk back. Don't challenge his leadership. We need to submit to that office and that position and anointing in his life. All this thing is spiritual. And it's not human thinking because in a human thinking we're gonna challenge you. Okay, I know more than you. I've been Christian longer than you. I'm gonna talk back to you right now. I'm gonna challenge you. That is not biblical. Biblically, we need to honor the office or the hat of people. Amen. I'm standing here right now on the stage. I wear the hat of the pastor, so you need to honor that office in my life, and you need to really do that. Out of reverence toward the Lord, and you will see the blessing. How many people want to step into the more blessing in your life? Raise your hand up. How do you do that? Honor the things of God. Respect the things of God. Amen. I just want to remind all of you again. Today we will continue to talk about ruling and reigning. How many people in this room want to be defeated all the time? How many people in this room want to be overcome by Satan, by demons, by poverty, by sickness, by cancer, by calamities and problems in life? How many people want to do that? No one. To, to be overcome, to be overcome by problems. How many people want to be a victor, not a victim? Raise your hand up. How many people want to be more than conquerors? That whatever happened in your life, you can pass through. You can pass through fire. You can pass through water, and you will not sink. And you will always overcome the situation in life, like king in this world. Amen. How many people want to have victory, ruling and reigning? Amen. Let me read the scripture today. The message is quite heavy, and I want to make sure that you are awake. And don't fall asleep. Roman chapter five verse fourteen. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Why we see so many defeat, so many sicknesses and poverty? Why we see so many problems in the life of people on the world? The Bible says, "Because of sin, because of sin, death. When I say death, I don't mean the heart stop beating only. There are many forms of death. Family breakdown. Husband and wife don't like each other. They used to love each other. Or sickness and disease are the form of death. Poverty. If you don't have money to pay bill, wow, it's tough." It's not fun. No money to buy food. That is a form of death. Death reigned in the world because of sin. But the word sin, unfortunately, in this society and this day of age, is a very offensive word. 
And that's why sometimes preachers don't want to use the word sin in the church anymore. But in fact, sin is in the Bible. It's recorded in the Bible. And sin is reality of humanity. A lot of times we hear the word, oh, he has the issue. Oh, he has a problem. Yes, that man is a good man. He has a good heart. But he has a problem with lying. He has a problem with lying. But he's a good man. But I want to tell you that the word and the person are one. If you say that you have a good heart, you will not lie. You will not say bad things to deceive people. And if you're really a good man, you will not say something bad out of your mouth. So it's not true when you say, yes, he's a good man, but he has a problem of lying. It's not a problem. It's a sin. Or you may say, that boy is a good boy. He has a good heart. He's so cute. But I dare not let my cash money lay around him because he's going to steal that cash on the table. You say, he has a good heart. He's a good boy, but he loves to steal. He has a problem of stealing. Stealing is not a problem. Stealing is a sin. And sin causes death now in this world. And we need to tackle this problem. If we don't get to the problem of sin, we will never rule and reign in this life. Amen? Don't cause sin issues. Don't cause sin's problems. Sin is a sin, and we need to deal with it. Let me ask this question. If a person is in certain kind of sin, maybe sexual sin, and the person say, I'm working on it. And I go through counseling sessions. You think he is repenting? No. You can stop sin in one second. You don't need to go through counseling session for six months before you repent. And you don't have to work on it. You just say, stop now. Amen? I'm not going around the bush. I'm just telling you the truth. That's why our church don't do much counseling. Because I don't have time to do counseling, number one. Number two, I'd rather cast demon out of you instead of doing counseling. Counseling, in my eyes, never works. One of my pastors here just told me last week that he gave counseling to a person for two hours. Right after that person left the house, he did the same thing again. Two hours. I just said, you waste your time. Either repent, get right, move on, or you're going to be in death. And you choose it. How many people want to choose death? Raise your hand up. How many people want to choose victory alive? Raise your hand up. What do you need to do is to deal with it now. Repent now and stop sinning now. Can we overcome? Can we say no to temptation? Yes, especially as believers. I'm not talking to the non-believers. I'm talking to the people who have the Holy Spirit inside, who has the Lord Jesus on the inside of you, who has the Lord as your Savior and your Lord. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, "No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able." Mean to are able to overcome or bear. But with the temptation, we also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The Bible says that every temptation is resistible. The devil will lie to you. You are too weak. You cannot resist that temptation. Go for it. Yield to it. Do it. That's okay. It's okay to yield to that temptation. No, it's not okay. Because every sin will bring death. From January 2nd, 2011, and you are tempted to do some bad things, and you're going to stretch out to do it. Stretch your hand. You remember the word? D-E-A-T-H. Death. You may not understand this word very well because you're not a doctor. I understand well because I see people stop breathing in front of me many times. Death is not fun. So every time you're going to grab the drug and something, shoot drugs, D-E-A-T-H, death. Every sin causes death. May not happen overnight, but it will come. That's why you should say no to temptation. You should say no to sin. The Bible even say, don't give place to the devil. The Bible says, submit to God and resist the devil. If God say that in the Bible, it means you can do it. C-A-N can, not C-A-N apostrophe T, can't. You can resist the devil. You can say no to the devil. Amen? Many Christians say that, Oh, I cannot. I'm just a poor sinner. I have to yield to the devil. You don't have to. You can say no. Is it interesting? When you want to have a raise, money, you want to have financial promotion, you go to your boss, boss, how are you doing? I work so hard for you. Is it interesting when you go to your boss because you want a raise, you can be nice to your boss. But when you turn around and you see your wife at home, hey, stop complaining. You yell at her. Why you control yourself to talk good to your boss? Because you want a raise. But at home, you yell at your wife. You think you can control yourself to talk nice to your wife? Yes. It's a choice. Every day, you make a choice not to sin against God. Let me ask this question. If we sin, who is responsible? Oh, everyone say, well, January 2nd, the first Sunday, what a great sermon. Oh, what's an encouraging sermon today. <laughs> Talking about sin. <laughs> Let's start the new year in the right way. Deal with sin, okay? <laughs> Let me ask this question. If we sin, who is responsible for that sin? Can we blame the government? Can we blame the Uncle Sam? Can we blame our boss and pastor and teachers? No. Every time we sin, we are responsible and don't say the word, I'm working on it. There's no such thing, I'm working on it. It's only repentance. You may say, but I cry all night about it. Crying is not repentance. You may say, I feel bad about it. No, feeling bad is not repentance. Repentance means 180. You go this direction, you turn around and you go another direction. That is repentance. 
you don't have to even cry. You can repent. Repentance means 180. And as Christian, we can repent by the grace of God. We can repent because we realize that God is good to us. He died for us. He provides for us. He's such a good God. The goodness and the mercy of God leads us to repentance. The power of the Holy Spirit on the inside us empowers us to be able to repent. We can repent. We can do all things through Him who strengthens us. We have no excuses. Amen? Romans chapter 5, verse 17 talk about ruling and reigning in this life. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one. You can see again. Death reigned. Death has power over you if you sin. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through the one Jesus Christ. Jesus came into the world to give us a gift that we don't have to be a victim anymore, but we can be a victor. Jesus came to the world and died on the cross, paid the price for us so that we will not be overcome anymore, but we can overcome the problem. Jesus came into the world so that we will not be defeated anymore, but we can have victory. We can be more than conqueror through Christ Jesus. Today, I want to talk about one of the enemy that causes you, causes you not to be able to rule and reign in this life. And this is a scheme of the enemy. Let me read the scripture. 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 to 22. And by this, when John says by this, means because you obey what the Bible says. We know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. And if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, everyone say, if my heart does not condemn me, does not accuse me, does not make me feel guilty, we have confidence. We have faith toward God. And whatever we ask, we received from Him. Because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. When the Bible says, we have confidence toward God and whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Is this sentence indicating ruling and reigning? In other words, you live on earth here. Whatever you pray, you get the answer. You say, I need a job. The job comes. Whatever you command, whatever you say, whatever you confess, it comes to pass. Is that great? If you can do that. For example, your kid, one of your kids has a fever. And you just say, fever, go. Go. Is that a great thing? That you can rule and reign in your life? Whatever you command, whatever you say, happens. How we can live like that, ruling and reigning like that? We need to make sure our heart does not condemn us. Condemnation 
is a faith killer. You can receive things from God by faith, but if your faith is weak, you cannot rule and reign. The Bible say, the world has problem, but we can overcome the world by faith. How we can stay up high in the faith of God by not having condemnation in our own heart? Why so many Christians, so many people cannot operate? In the authority of the name of Jesus, when they say sickness, they say, "Oh, I cannot command this sickness to go away." When they have financial problem, they feel that, "Oh, I have to be a victim of this economy." When they have any problem in their life, or their kids get attacked by the enemy, get attacked by the devil, and become sick, and they just look at their kids and say, "Yeah, we have to accept it. This is the way it goes." We have to accept it. Why don't they have the confidence to rule and reign and to speak to the problem? You remember Jesus was speaking to fever. The mother-in-law of Peter had fever, and Jesus said, "Fever, you have to leave." Fever left because Jesus had no condemnation, because Jesus had such high confidence in His Father. He knew He has confidence that whatever He say. Heaven will support whatever he bind on earth. Heaven will support whatever he lose on earth. Heaven will support him. He has such a big confidence. Amen. But why many Christians cannot? Because they have condemnation in their own heart. Not only that they don't have enough confidence. When they see somebody else have confidence, they get mad. They may see another Christian who say, "Fever, go away. Who are you? Can how can you command fever? Who are you? Why? Because they don't even know who they are in Christ either. That's why they cannot walk in confidence. Amen. Everyone say condemnation is the killer of faith and victory. John chapter three verse sixteen. What is a condemnation? Condemnation is a sense of guiltiness. It comes because of sin. It comes by the devil. When you sin, you have that sense of being guilty, and the devil love it because whenever you have that feeling of condemnation, you cannot rule and reign anymore. John chapter three verse sixteen say, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not." Perish, but have everlasting life. Verse seventeen say, "For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved." The Lord Jesus is not in the business of condemnation. If you hear people say that I go to church that Sunday, and the Holy Spirit really condemn me. Oh, the pastor condemned me. The sermon condemned me. That is unbiblical. Condemnation doesn't come from God at all. Amen. Last night I went to a Thai New Year party. It's a worldly party. They invited me as a special guest to give a two-minute speech. Oh, and then I saw a lot of stuff there: drinking, a lot of worldly things. And I was sitting there watching. All this worldly thing, and 
I did not even have little ounce of condemnation on these people. I just think in my heart, I think you guys should come to know Jesus, and you will not have fun with drinking anymore. You're gonna have fun in the new wine. Get drunk in the Holy Spirit. I don't need this alcohol. I have the Holy Spirit make me happy already all the time. Amen. No condemnation in my heart. Why? Because God is not in the business of condemnation. Why did Jesus come? Jesus did not come to condemn. Jesus came to make the condemned to be made righteous. Jesus came to make the guilty become innocent. Amen. We are not the condemned anymore. We are not the guilty anymore. But we are the righteous. And we are the innocent in the eyes of God. Amen. Jesus did not come to die for Himself. He did not need justification or to be made righteous in a simple word. He did not need redemption. He did not need forgiveness because Jesus never sinned. But Jesus took our sin and exchanged to give His righteousness to us. So that we can become the righteousness of God. Your righteousness is a filthy rag. Your righteousness or your good deeds will not cut it. Only the righteousness of God will cut it. So that's why we need to receive the righteousness of God. Amen. When you are a believer and receive Jesus into your heart, you can stand before the Father in heaven. Clean and pure by the righteousness of God. You don't need to stand there in condemnation. You don't need to stand there in guilt. But you can say, "I am as accepted by the Lord as the Lord Jesus was accepted by the Lord. I am as loved by the Father as Jesus was loved by the Father. I am as righteous." In the eyes of the Father, as Jesus is righteous, not because of your own good deeds, but because of the righteousness of God in you. So, first of all, you need to understand your position. That God does not come to condemn you. Who condemns you? Does the Holy Spirit condemn you? No. The devil definitely wants to condemn you, but he condemns you through your heart. The person that condemns you is yourself. The Bible says. If your heart does not condemn you, when we make mistake, when we sin, what happened? The conscience on the inside of us start to feel bad. The condemnation come. You're not a good Christian. God doesn't love you anymore. The heart start to condemn you. And if you repent right away and ask God for forgiveness, you turn around and get out from the condemnation. But if you don't repent and you keep on going doing it. You feel bad. The heart condemns you, and you just ignore it. And you do it again. Your heart condemns you again. You feel bad. Your heart trouble you, and you don't care about it. Eventually, the Bible say your conscience will be seared, will be dull, to the point that you don't care what is right, what is wrong any longer. And when that come, you are in trouble. Because sin leads to death. If you don't have the conscience at all, what is right, what is wrong, 
I don't want to go to that direction. A condition called faithless. No faith anymore. You just do whatever you want. We need to respond when our heart start to trouble us or bother us. This is not right. Sometimes I have bad attitude, and suddenly my heart will bother me. Huh? Are you a pastor? Are you a Christian? Are you a preacher? And why you have this attitude? Oh, I repent right away. I say, God, I'm sorry. I, I should not have this attitude. I should repent right now. I want to get right with you. Then condemnation disappear. Then I have faith again to lay hand on people to command the situation to happen in my life because no condemnation is in my heart. Amen. What we need to do when our hearts start to trouble us or condemn us, what you need to do: deal with that sin right away. Repent asap, so that we don't have to live in condemnation. John chapter 3, verse 18. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. Verse 19 to 21. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deed should be exposed. But he who does the truth come to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, and that they have been done in God. Jesus did not come to condemn, but people who don't repent, people who love darkness, people who love to do evil thing, who hate the light. Hate Jesus and hate Christians, and they are condemned already. They are guilty already out of their sin. That's why, as Christian, please don't go out to condemn anybody. Please don't go out to point finger to anybody. They already been condemned because they already sin. You don't have to add on to it to condemn anybody. You just bring the love of Jesus, the answer to them. You just show love to them. You just show good example to them instead of condemning them, so that they will come to see the light. They need to see the light in you, so that they will be convicted to know that what they are doing is not good. Everyone say, "We are not in the business of condemnation." Amen. We are in the business of loving people, praying for people. Amen. Let me read this scripture, and you understand. Romans chapter five, verse thirteen. The Bible say a little bit difficult to understand. For until the law, sin was in the world. Actually, sin was in the world before Moses gave the law. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. What does it mean here? It means that when you don't see what is right, what is wrong, God does not hold you accountable. For example, when I became the Christian, the first year, I did not know about speaking in tongue, and I did not know that I need to go to church every Sunday. So I missed church a lot at the first year of my Christian walk because I did not know. No one told me. God did not hold me accountable to that mistake because I did not know. But once I know what is right, what is wrong, then. I'm accountable. I am held 
accountable to what I know. When you know the law, sin is clear to you. That's why after I know that I need to go to church every Sunday, worship God and serve God right away, I make decision I'm going to go to church every Sunday because I'm accountable to what I know. If you don't know, God understand. But if you know, you have the choice to make whether you follow the law or break the law. The Bible says in Hosea chapter four verse six, "My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected the knowledge." God will tell you the law, and you either receive or you reject. Amen. And I want to call knowing the law the light. God show you the light of the Scripture, and when you know the light, you need to make choice. If you don't want to live in condemnation, if you want to rule and reign, once you know the light, you need to make choice to receive the law, receive the light, and walk in that light. A lot of times, many Christians reject certain lights that they know when they hear the sermon, and one of the reasons they reject because they are afraid of losing friends, losing connections. Losing jobs, losing reputation—they are a shame of that new light. They either choose the light, or they choose friends. That's why Second Timothy chapter one verse eight say, "Therefore, are you following me? Okay, I'm trying to go slowly. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, His prisoner." The Bible says, "Do not be ashamed." Of the Lord and of His word and His light. I give you example. I was in a Baptist church in 1980. I went to a meeting and was filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. I came back to the church and I told everybody I speak in tongues. Only a few days, somebody started to look at me like a stranger. I had to choose at that moment: either I follow the truth, or I yield to the friend and stay and stop speaking in tongue. Am I ashamed of the truth or the light about being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongue, or not? I need to make choice. If I stop speaking in tongue, the light will be quenched. Then I will feel condemned. I cannot rule and reign anymore. Why Jesus say in Matthew chapter 10 verses 34 to 36, "Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, can be spiritual father. A man in the church can come against spiritual father. A daughter against her spiritual mother and her mother." A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemy will be the members of his own household. Why did Jesus say, "I come to separate people"? In the past, I did not understand this scripture. Why Jesus come to cause division? But actually, now I understand. This is what happened. If a group of people see the light, embrace the light, and move on, gonna be another group of people who see the light or may not see the light. If they see the light and they reject the light, they will hate this group of people. And what happened? You have to move on different directions. Is that correct? 
And what happened to this group that received the light and moved on, so that they would not live in condemnation anymore, so that they can rule and reign and they can practice authority in the name of Jesus, because they know the light and they practice the light and they have no condemnation. They're gonna find a new group of friends who believe in the same thing and join together and move on together. This is the key. This group that move on. Please don't judge this group of people who don't see the light or don't accept the light. This is the key. Don't judge any other churches that don't see the same light we have. You know why we should not judge anybody? Because number one, they may see the light that we don't see. Some other lights. Two, we don't see all the lights yet. We are still ongoing process to maturity and perfection in Christ. So if we judge other people because we see this light, but at the same time, somebody who sees more light can judge us too. That why you don't do this? So the key is not judge anybody, and we just keep moving on with the lights to give to the church. In the, our church, God has given us lights every year, new teaching, new understanding. We move on and move on. Some people could not stand me, leave the church. Praise God for their life. We don't hate them. We love them. That's okay. We're going to move on. And then suddenly, 10 people move into our church because they see the same light I see. And they say, oh, I like this church. This is good. Because this is the way that Christians should be. Then we have new members come in and join us and we move on together. What I try to say is, God is going to give us lights and understanding and revelation. We need to make choice to obey or to receive so that we don't live in condemnation. And we can rule and reign. We are not defeated, but we can rule and reign. Yes, it's painful because when you receive the light and you need to move on with the new light, somebody may reject you, gossip about you, talk bad about you, and walk away from you. You may lose some friends, but I have to move on with God. Amen. I don't belong to anybody except Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. In conclusion, how many people want your prayer to get answered all the time? How many people want to say something to the mountain and the mountain obey you? Okay, let me read again. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever, we will one say whatever. What does it mean, whatever? What does it mean? Anything. Blank check. Tom, write a blank check to you and you can write down two millions. Can you write that check for us? Two million peso? I see. Whatever. Blank check. We ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. The key to ruling and reigning is to stay away from condemnation by walking in the light you know, by obeying the commandments and repenting as soon as possible. Get right with God and I want to tell you, it is worth it. I lost all of my friends in year 2002. We have to separate. But 
I gained so many good new friends now all over the world. I kept my family. Some of them lost their family. They divorced. Those people who are against the file of God. Some of them separate already. My kids are doing well. Our members are doing well financially. No one is sick around here because I kept the fire. We can have victory in this church. Amen. Choose the way of the Lord and no condemnation. Amen. Hallelujah. How many people are gonna practice what you learned today? Amen. Everyone say repentance. Following the light. No condemnation. My prayers will be answered. Whatever I confess, whatever I demand, in the name of Jesus, will be done. Heaven will support me. Whatever I bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. Whatever I lose on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. God is on my side. By the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, I rule and reign as king in this life. Demon, sin, death, sickness, poverty cannot rule over me. But I rule over them. In Jesus' mighty name. I believe. Ha ha ha. Ho ho ho. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Who's sick right now in this room? You lay hand on yourself and command right now in the name of Jesus that sickness will go away. Follow what I say. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command this sickness to go away from my body right now. Go. I don't accept you. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am healthy and strong to serve the Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. How many people have financial difficulty? Okay. Follow my confession. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command. The poverty, the lack, to go away. I am more than conquerors. The Lord is my provider, my provision from heaven will be abundant. I am blessed to bless others. I have faith that heaven will support me. Provides for me. In Jesus' name, job will come. Debt will be resolved. I will get better and better financially every year. 
Not that I am covetous But because I want to glorify the Lord In Jesus name Amen Hallelujah Thank you Lord Jesus Amen <laughs> Thank you Lord Jesus We trust that this message is ministered to you If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son. Bring me your tired, you said. Bring me your weak. Bring me your hungry masses. We seek your Your glory